0: Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information visit our website www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK.
1: Good evening everybody and welcome to Word Up. I hope this week you can see and hear Pastor Akin and myself and uh, um we, we'll be able to do a, a really good decent job of it this week once we finish up Mark twelve. Pastor Ian is away doing something very important for the Lord, I I would imagine. <laughs> and uh yeah, um it'll be me and Pastor Aiken tonight uh finishing up Mark Twelve. And uh this will be the last one for um for the month and we're off for August. We'll be back in September. Finishing up Mark, I'm sure, and then going on into to new things yet to be decided. But uh, as for tonight, we're gonna we're gonna crack on with uh, the end of Mark 12 and, and take it up um, from where we
0: from where we left off. Hi, right, Pastor Akin, are you all right? Very good. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. Yes, very good. Glad to be here. Glad to be back again after missing out on last week. You Did a great uh, a great program last week. I was really blessed. I, I listened to that and I thought it was a, absolutely amazing. Well, well done. It was a great job. It's Good to be here again. Yeah, we had we had good fun, yeah, um, but
1: missed you, missed you last week. So. <laughs> right then, let's uh, let's have a look. So we're in Mark twelve, and last week we we talked a lot about the wild grapes of the and the bitter wine of the Pharisees and the Scribes and, and the Sadducees. So picking it up here, uh, Jesus is is uh, just had that discussion um, about uh, resurrection with the Sadducees and. Um, uh, paying taxes and, and all that kind of thing, and we're we're going on where um, he's still he's still there, still with the the crowd, and uh, at this point he has a, a a scribe who's been there there listening to what's been going on and, and taking note of how Jesus handled himself uh, with all these discussions with the with the religious elite and how he prevailed um, with their questions. So we're going to pick it up from Mark 12. Uh, verse uh, 28 um, and it, it's it starts with the great commandment and tonight we're going to take it section by section I'll read a bit of scripture we'll have the discussion and then we'll go on to the next bit so mark twelve twenty-eight, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well asked him which commandment is the most important of all Jesus answered the most important is hear O Israel the Lord our God The Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbour as oneself is much more than all is much more than all, whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Though so he's had an inquiring scribe come up to him and uh, has, uh, has gone in like the other scribes and Pharisees and asked questions. But this scribe... Seemed a little bit different. Like he was a bit more genuine, a bit more seeking.
0: But uh, yeah, what did you what, what did you glean from from that section, Pastor? Right Ike? Yeah. yeah, it's amazing, Ben. Yes, just in fact, the first thing that came to me, what you just mentioned there, that um, you know, in the in the previous, um, you know, the questioning, the, you know, the scriptures give us insight into the the motives of the the people who are asking the questions. So, for example, it would give us an insight, to say, that they came to test him. Or you know they they came to you know they, they, they were they had an ulterior motive behind their questioning, but with this particular scribe here, we see right from the off that it, even though he probably was there uh, as one of those that came to test Jesus and, and came to you know to see you know he probably maybe didn't believe that he was the Messiah as long as all the others and he was part of maybe it doesn't say the scriptures I'm, I'm just making some assumptions here uh, the scriptures don't, don't declare that but maybe he was there as 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 a part of that group. But it's, it does say that when he observed, when he saw, he listened. And so that, that gives us an, an inkling that he was a bit different from the others in that he didn't come with any preconceived ideas to come and condemn Jesus or trying to trap him. But he was actually listening to what Jesus was saying. And it says that when he, when he, he noticed that Jesus had given the, a, a good answer. And so you, from, from that in itself, we begin to see that his heart is more of um, an open, more inquiring type of heart that he's actually maybe seeking. he, he is actually seeking the truth. And it's out of that that he then presents this question to Jesus to say, you know, what is of all the commandments, which is the most important one? And so, and then at the end, we see Jesus actually, he wants, it's almost like he's commending him. To say you know you've answered wisely and that you're near to the kingdom of you know, of God and so the, that that in itself I think it's it's quite um because it, it, I think it's always great to, when we when we look in I can't say we're looking into the Scriptures, it's more like the scripture's looking into our hearts that when we come to the Lord with all, with questions you know he we, we shouldn't forget that he is actually looking in our hearts he's looking at the motives behind those questions and it's on the basis of that that he gives us an answer you could see in the in some of the when some people were questioning him before. He would, well, they would say, you know, they, uh, you know, have you come from God? You know, aren't open, You know, tell us yes or no. And he says, well, let me ask you a question. You know, the baptism of John, was John the Baptist? Did he come from God or not? And then, so, and then he wouldn't actually answer their question because he knew that their motive, they, they didn't have a good motive, they didn't have a pure motive. They were just asking the question to try and trap him or, or you know, to try and trip him up on something. So, yes, yeah, straight, so straight from the off, I won't go into anything, here, but straight from the off, you can see that this type of questioning from this particular scribe, it's different, the motive is different, and if you like, the motivation is different. He's open to the truth, and so the Lord responds to him in that way. it's the same thing with us. You know, when we're going through situations, we're going through issues in our life, you know, it, it, especially when we're in our own private prayer times, we've got nothing to lose, you know. If we're, you know, if we're angry or upset with someone or someone's offended us and we don't want to forgive them, we just we just be open with God, you know. Just be open with Him and tell Him, you know, what it is, and He will be open with us as well. You know, He will be He'll be direct with us, he'll, he'll, and He will lovingly, you know, give us the response that we require.
1: That's it, Amen, Amen, and and you always get a mixed bunch, I think, like with the with these people, because obviously the, Pharaoh, the Pharisees were in there and, and actually scribes, um, a lot of the scribes were Pharisees. Um, not every Pharisee was a scribe, but a lot of the scribes were Pharisees as well and observed their teaching and, and, and their way of life. Um, and, and scribes, you know, um, being in that mixed bunch, like you say, there would be all sorts of motives. But even among the Pharisees, there was Nicodemus and uh, Joseph of Arimathea that that did listen you know, and were genuine and and, and went against uh, you know, the popular view that Jesus was uh, you know, some false prophet and, uh, and coming against him they, they listened and, and with the scribe here as well you know you see that as well and, and scribes you know they were very learned people they were kind of kind of clerks who copied walls and sacred documents. Ezra in, in the Old Testament was actually a scribe um, if you look in Ezra, uh 7 6 it says he was a scribe and in 8 eight thirteen in ezra it says that ezra the scribe led the priests and the levites in bible studies so they were quite um esteemed teachers um, but it, in the uh, the current place where we are in, in the history is that they they were of the pharisees mainly um and adhered to their teaching and, and everything but we we can thank the scribes for preserving the word. You know, all the Old Testament and all that is is probably down to them. You know, being meticulous in, in copying and and transmitting, uh, you know, the, the scriptures through through the ages. But the thing was with the scribes and the Pharisees, as you were saying, you know, they had their their own their own kind of uh, teachings that were added on. And we spoke about that last week, where um, you get all the different types of. of uh, Judaistic um, literature, like I mentioned, the Talmud, which is the oral law that was kind of passed down and then written down in the in the Talmud, uh, and you know there, there were commentaries on the law, and then there were commentaries on the commentaries of the law. So <laughs> just it just kind of spiralled. Historic discussions on how to apply the law of Moses to life, and that's what you know that's what they're all about. But they were adding things. Like you had the law in the middle but then there was all this stuff around the law and around the law so you couldn't even get to the law and you know a, a large portion of the sermon on the mount in Matthew is it deals with the scribes and what the scribes had taught the people as opposed to what God actually wanted you know it was so far outward from what God wanted you couldn't even get get near to the teaching um Jesus said, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, which was good, but not the works they do, for they preach, but they do not practice. And uh, that that was almost like, you know, the, the worst thing to Jesus, that they, mm. he, they were keeping people from the true teaching of God. And there's some scriptures in Matthew 23 where it utterly condemns the, the scribes and the Pharisees. I mean, it is, it's, some of the most severe rebukes that you can you could have in scripture from Jesus. Um but as you say, this, this scribe seemed to be of a of a different different kind of order. If and uh, of, <laughs> of, course, yeah, of course he went on to ask ask a
0: question. Um I don't know if you got, you know, any thoughts on, yeah, on, on and what absolutely. he goes on to, what to, goes to, on ask to say, him. yes. So he's, he's asking this question, and, and again, it, to me, it's um, it's a question I guess a, a seeking heart would, would be asking, it's like, of all the commandments, and just like you've rightly said, you know, there's the law, and then there's the commentary on the law, and the commentaries on the commentaries, and I get that at this point, they're so bogged down into all of these commentaries. that so he's asking this question, which is the most important of all of these? You know, and if we could just get to the, you know, I've got you here, Jesus, now, you know, if, if you are the Messiah, you'll be able to answer this question, you know, what is the most important thing? It's almost like uh, you know we've just gone through this 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 uh, time of lockdown, and I guess it's a question that a lot of people might be asking themselves. You know, what's really important in my life? What should I be focusing on now? And I guess as um, you know, Bible believing Christians, we've asked this ourselves this question as well. We've we been through so many things. Even you know, sometimes in being in the church, we can have lots of activities that we can get involved in, lots of things that we can get involved in, and these activities, these things they can just the same way as all these commentaries and, and upon commentaries that we were talking about, they can take us away from, you know, that the essence of, of our relationship with God, They can take us away from that most important of things, which which uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is gonna mention here. And so, um, yeah, so this man, I, I see him as a seeking heart, read. Really, when we look into this further, we say to him, that we in, all of these things, you know, they've been talking about, you know, the resurrection and is anyone married and who should we pay tax to and all of this, and all of these things that we're going through, what is the most important commandment of one? And the, and the lord you know he obviously he goes as you've you've pointed out Ben. he 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 goes to the heart of something that this man will be able to relate to when he says this he said listen to this he says hear o israel the lord our god You know the Lord is one and that must have resonated with that man straight away like you rightly said as a Pharisee as a scribe he probably has written this he might have written this out many times himself and and maybe he's actually questioning what is the Lord our God the Lord maybe he's asking what is what does this mean it's one thing to actually sometimes to know a scripture but how does it apply to our lives how does it apply to our lives as individuals and the situation that we find ourselves in. And so, as, as soon as the Lord mentions that, it's, it resonates straight in his heart. And then the Lord goes on to say, you know, you know, know, love the Lord your God you know, with, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And then he goes on to say, so that he doesn't get into this situation where we sometimes feel that everything's all about God, which we understand that in one sense it is all about God. And then the Lord quickly follows that up by saying that the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no uh, greater commandment than these. And, he, and he, he joins these two together. So you can't have one without the other. You know, you can't say that you love God, but then the the, the, the man, as the Lord says, how can you say you love God when you don't love the, the, your brother, the man that you can see, you say you, you, you don't love him, but you, you say you love God who you cannot see. And so the Lord quickly joins these two things together so that he understands that it's not just about loving God with you, the whole being. But it's also about loving your fellow man as well, and how is that going to influence everything that you do—your thoughts, you know, your actions, your inactions, you know, ev- even your physical activities, even with your strength—that you are to love God and your fellow man with all these things. So I'll stop that there, Ben, so that you can carry on. <laughs> but that's amazing. He brings the man straight to the to the to the heart of the of the, of the the issue. That's it. Yeah, he he. I love the
1: way that Jesus. You know, they're coming against him. At, um, and saying, you know, well, what about this, what about that? And he, he takes it back to their scriptures, you know, he takes it back to the things that they believed. And up like with the Sadducees, they only believed in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So he, he came back at them from, from the Torah, with the Pharisees and the scribes, had the Torah, the writings and the prophets. And so, you know, he, he, goes, he goes back into, um, he goes back to the Torah, which they believed in as well. And when Jesus says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is, is, is quoting the Shema, the, the daily prayer um, of, of the, uh, the, the Jews, which uh, the, when we were discussing 1 Peter, we, we came to that in the beginning of Peter, where it says about having obedience to Jesus Christ and from sprinkling with his blood. And that harks back to Moses was at the mountain and he said to the Jews, will you obey the Lord? Will you, you know, accept his teachings? And they said, we will. And they were taking the kingdom upon themselves and that was sealed with the sprinkling of the blood of the sacrifice. Which obviously translates to, you know, the, today the sacrifice of Jesus and how we, you know, we're, we're in the same way. You know we're, under, we're taking the kingdom upon ourselves when we, when we accept the Lord. And so he was quoting Shema, which basically the Jews say, you know, they try and say it in the morning and in the evening, they try and say it as children and as the last thing they say on this earth before they they um, pass away and so Jesus was was acting as a, you know he was taking it to them again by saying that he was acting as 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 they would as a pious Pharisee in, in, in a sense kind of saying you know I teach with that authority that you claim to teach with um, but obviously Jesus was teaching the right the right stuff um, and he you know he 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 just I love the way he just brings it back to them and um, and, and says, you know, you should love all the law, the, the grace of the law, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Uh, Deuteronomy. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God in reverence, in love, in, you know, reverent, reverent love, reverent fear, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. And, you know, taking it, again, back back to back to what they know, back to the scriptures and the five things that God expects of people. Fear the Lord your God, act in submission, walk in his ways, conduct your life in the will of God, love him, set your affections upon him, serve him, you know, worship God as a central focus of your life and keep the commandments of the Lord, obey all his requirements. Um, and then, you know, the next bit, uh, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And that's from Leviticus, again, Leviticus nineteen nine to eighteen it sums up how we should treat our fellow man. There's a whole raft of stuff in there, but Jesus, you know, gets the succinct parts, and you know that that back from the the Old Testament is quoted again, and again in the New Testament. Romans thirteen nine, Galatians 5, 14, James two verse eight. They all echo that uh, scripture from Leviticus uh, about loving your neighbour. So. You know, it, it, it's just, it, it, again, again, it's just great the way that he's he's dealing with a scribe and he takes it back to what they know, you know, he's taking yeah. the argument from, from where they're coming from. So, yeah, yes. I mean, it's, um, and, and as you say, uh, as you've said, Pastor Akin, he was a scribe of a, a different order and we, we don't know what happened to him, but um, that surely he was impacted in a positive way. Um you know, as, as people are, you know, um, people, you know, sometimes when they uh, they have, like myself, when I came to the Lord, you know, I, I hadn't committed my life, but yet I knew there was something in there. I knew there was a truth in there. I knew there was something real about, you know, the scriptures and about the Lord and about um, the, the kingdom of God, but I, I wasn't fully convinced. But, you know, interactions with people, probably the same for you, Pastor Akin, Um, contact with Christian people and their witness, you know, slowly, slowly um, convinced me, if you like, of of the truth. Uh, And, you know, I I eventually, you know, came to the Lord and submitted my life to the Lord and started walking that path with the Lord. And and maybe this
0: is what happened with this scribe too. Absolutely. And you you can see, like you've rightly said there, Ben, is that, that interaction with the Lord. You can see it even in himself when he says, you know, well said, teacher. And, and then at the end there uh, he says that um, obviously what you've just said is correct and these things are more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices so it's like in in, in that um like' you've, like you said in that um you know encounter with the lord he's he now had that revelation that right you know he's brought me to the heart of this religion that i believe in this god that i believe this is really the heart of it, it's my relationship with him and with my fellow man and that's more important than these sacrifices and we you know we've gone through that about what used to happen in the in the temple and the all the the wheeling the dealing that used to go on with all the sacrifices and all those sort of things that were going on He's he's actually come to that you know if, if we, I don't know, if we can describe it, we would say it's like a revelation. It's got that revelation that, wow, that what you're saying about relationship with God and with my fellow man is. More important than having an emphasis on all of these sacrifices and these burnt offerings and the, these rituals. And again, I, I would say it, it does apply to us as believers as well as Christians. You know, all the we do have our rituals that we like to go through, but are these rituals are they bringing us closer to God? Are they bringing us closer to our fellow man? Not just the believers that we go to, you know, uh, that we meet up with on Sundays or in, or during the week, but what about uh, the people that we work with? About our neighbors who have not yet come to know the Lord? Maybe like this man. You know but what the, what the lord that encounter that he's had with jesus has obviously brought him to this place where he's kind of like saying wow you know this is this i've i've, I've, I've learned something new today about god and about what is really at the heart central to what even the faith that i profess and uh, you know the Lord gives him that commendation. He says, "You're not far from the kingdom of God." He's brought the man closer to than he was before to the kingdom of God. And that's that's our mission as well, isn't it, as believers? That uh, as we engage with people to help them to understand that some maybe some of the religious ideas that they have about what it means to be a Christian and some of these things might be incorrect because you know, like like we've been saying, they for, they have maybe they don't read the Word themselves and they're far away from the. It's like a a second, third hand. Um, knowledge or understanding of what it means to be a Christian and who God is, and you know God set us here to to bring that um, revelation that no, He's He's much closer and He's much more uh in, in, interested in it, having that relationship with you and how you relate to other people. Maybe those, those are not the sort of things that people would uh, you know um, ascribe to the Christian faith at this at this point in time, but that's the reality. And then yeah, that's a it's it's quite it's, um, you know a, a mission to us as well to to take this light. And wherever yeah. we are, as well, bring people closer to the kingdom. Yeah, I like that what
1: you said about um, sometimes being so busy, you know, with, with life, and uh, and and even you know, even as, as as Christians, like we've we've just literally come back to church today, this morning, and uh, you know, it's a lot a lot of activity, a lot of preparation, uh, and a lot of getting things right, uh, and and working with new technologies and things. We have been with the worship team and. uh yeah, in the midst of it this morning, as we were worshiping, I, I kind of, you know, did take did take that moment to kind of uh, just take a step back in, in my mind and in my heart. And you know, we were we were playing a song, and I just, you know, took that time to draw back and and, and consciously um, acknowledge the Lord in what I was doing, rather than it just being activity. And I, I think, you know, that's that's so important that otherwise you become like the scribes and the Pharisees. You know, you, you, it's an outward show with nothing inside. Um, and it's so important for, for ministers like ourselves, you know, to, to have that, uh, you know, we do, we do all this, this uh, the, you know, good work for the Lord. But, you know, we're also fathers, we're also employees, we're also other things that go in our lives. And it's important to walk that out um, in what we do. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's hard. I, I work in the NHS and in the, the madness uh, especially at the moment, that's uh, going on in the busyness. You, you know, to take that time to draw away, and just uh, commit it to the Lord is is discipline, and that's you know that's what we are to be disciplined as as Christians.
0: To as Christians, absolutely, but, yeah. I think Paul alludes to that, doesn't he? When he said, when he's talking in Corinthians, so before he just moved when he says that, you know, you can do so, we can do all these things. And, you know, he goes on to say you can do this, you can do that, but instead of if it, if there's no love in it. He says that you, we're, we're nothing more than a loud sounding um, symbol. You know, it's, it's, it's love is at the heart of everything. And even like you rightly said, you know, Ben, even when you're at work, you're doing within each other, it's just that consciousness that what you're doing. You're, you're doing it for God because you love him and um, you know and that reflects obviously god isn't sick he's not there you don't have to you're not treating him but in the way that we, you treat the people and, you, and your, your colleagues who are under stress and pressure as well in those moments when you're under that stress and pressure but like you said like you said about in the worship today when you sometimes just have that consciousness of that like, god you know i'm doing this for god then it kind of like gives you the that ability to just control yourself and like you said discipline to control yourself and still be patient with other people and still, you know, exercise they do that goodness to someone else, even sometimes they don't deserve it. But, you know, and that, that's all, and, we, and I think sometimes as Christians, we do to acknowledge that those things are it's God. It's still God. It's not just when we're doing what we're doing now or we're, we're in church on Sunday, preaching the word. Those things that we do in those workplaces to our neighbors and friends yeah. and, and family, it, it's, it's, God is interested in all of those things, you know? He yeah. doesn't check out when we're doing that and then just turn up on Sunday or when we're doing, you know, a, a Bible study or something. He's, he's there with us all the time.
1: Yeah, Pastor Ian said this morning, uh, as he was preaching, you know, this is all very well, but unless we're preaching the gospel, it's all for nothing, you know? And it really is a, you know, a, a good reminder and a good focus to have. So at the end of it yeah, he says to him you're not far from the kingdom of God and after that no one dared ask him any more questions <laughs> and uh, this is the point where Jesus you know he he has been attacked by the cluster of wild grapes as I called them last week <laughs> and now he's he, he's he's, on the, he's on the, gets on the defense and he takes the fight to them um, <laughs> in the next section so I mean uh, we'll we'll I'll read the next bit who uh, from verse 35 uh, to 37. Uh, where he he starts coming back at the the scribes. It says, And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? Mm. And the great throng throng Heard him gladly.
0: Any revelations on that one, Pastor A. Yeah, that's a quite. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an amazing one. That is. So it's like yes, he, he comes here and like you've rightly said now that uh, they've tested him with all these questions and stuff, but he's overcome them all. It's like now the Lord is turning the tables now. To um, so like, you, like you've rightly said here, he says he again comes to the, comes to the scripture, doesn't he? he comes to the scripture. So. They, he's obviously aware of this whole, the question, all this is about questioning his authority. Is he the Messiah or is he not the Messiah? This is what they're all getting to that. He's not the one and this and that. And they're trying to use again, their understanding or their knowledge of the scriptures to prove that he's not the messiah and so he brings out he says well, okay you guys you, you're knowledgeable on scriptures and stuff so explain this to me then So says now he's the one asking the questions now they've been asking him all the questions and he's answered them and they they haven't got any more questions they're not afraid to ask him anything so he's like right i've got a question for you guys now if you you know so much about this because so i so i pose this question to you that if you're saying that um, I obviously cannot be the Messiah because the Lord's, because David, um, you know, because and it's, and it's all about this reference to the the son of David. And so he puts this to them and says that, well, if, if it's true that um, uh, he said he it said, can the Christ be the son of David. And he said, well, David himself said this. And he said he said it by the Holy Spirit as well. So he's making a declaration that. This is God speaking through David. And he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until my, uh, until I, um, you know, my enemies are under my feet. And he says. Oh. Pastor
1: Rakin has vanished again. <laughs> oh dear. Mm-hmm. Wasn't me. Right. Hopefully, Pastor Aiken will call back in. I don't quite know what happened there. Maybe his internet's gone out. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right, okay. Let me just share from from what we were looking at and uh, um, hopefully he'll he'll come back. Um, Yeah, bizarre. Okay, so yeah, we're looking at uh, um, this section where uh, he said about the scribes saying, uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And uh, he's... He's taking it back to their scriptures again, back to Psalm 110. And actually pointing out that David wrote a psalm inspired by the Holy Spirit um, and said, The Lord, the Lord God, said to my Lord, David's Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And uh, it's a funny bit of scripture that I've never really dug into until today. Um, Basically, um, the Messiah that the Jews were waiting for was, was called the Son of Man. Uh, and um, they were waiting for, uh, as we've said before, uh, a military conqueror that would sweep the Romans away. Um, but they they kind of missed the the instead of the conquering king, they missed that the Messiah would come first as a suffering servant. Uh, and he, you know, he came uh, as as Jesus, the suffering servant, to to win a victory that they couldn't see and weren't ready for um and he will come again uh, in the end times as the, as the conquering king but you know they were waiting for jesus the messiah well they were waiting for the messiah the son of man they were waiting for a man uh to come and be the conqueror and uh jesus um is both fully god and fully man so he he's uh, he's like us he shares in our humanity but he's also divine um and this, this was the issue. Jesus was, was saying to them, "Now you're waiting for a man, but the Messiah will be fully God and fully man. And even King David recognised this because he said, you know, he, he talked of his descendants that the Lord had prophesied about as, as Lord. How can, how can a grandfather call one of his, his descendants, his grandsons, Lord, unless he is, he is the divine Messiah? Uh, so the Lord God said to my Lord, my descendant, the Messiah, um, that I'll, one day I'll, I will, um, you will sit at my right hand, and you will put I will put your enemies under your feet, um, and so, you know, Christ came, um, and in in uh, there are many scriptures that that, that hark back to this, um, and for instance, uh, let's have, let's have a look at Acts two, Acts two twenty nine to thirty six. It was such a long section, not a t- <laughs> I usually write all the scriptures out, ready to, to quote to you, but um, this was uh, a bit of a long section, but it was a good one. Um, so Acts 2, where, where Peter's preaching his, his sermon uh, on, on the day of Pentecost. So we're going to go from uh, verse 29, where it says, uh, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades or the grave, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of all that we are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself. David said in Psalm 110, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And when they heard that, they realized that he was the Messiah of many Many were saved, many were saved. Um, so, you know, that's that's what he's saying, you know, again, from from, from their scriptures, yes, Deke, Psalm, Psalm 110. It's just amazing to see, you know, how the Old Testament um, comments on the New Testament, how the New Testament, you know, uh, interprets the Old Testament uh, in the scriptures, you know, and that, that's the, the interpretation that we trust. Now, if Paul's quoting from the Old Testament and teaching the truth, you know we're completely certain that it's, it's a good quality and uh you know it's uh um, it's it's the right the right stuff um hi steve pierce briefly from fort wayne higher <laughs> international international broadcast we're having today uh welcome um so yeah they, they you know it, again coming back on the attack you know he's saying look even david recognized me as the messiah uh and uh, that's that's what that you know that scripture's all about, and it, and it goes on. In the next bit, let's let's go to uh, to uh, um, verse thirty-eight. Uh, it says, and in his teaching he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the place of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Let's see Pastor Aiken there uh, um coming back. I don't know if, if you're watching Aiken or, or what's going on. So I'm gonna um possibly switch this over to solo screen and if you come back, you're you're welcome. But I don't know where you've gone. So yeah, he's he's coming back at the scribes um and uh you know saying you know that these these people, you know, on the whole are pretty pretty corrupt uh and they walk around in long robes and they like greetings in the marketplace. And these are the people that Jesus, you know, he he said, you know, in other sections of the scripture about, you know, putting on a big display uh, for people and, um, you know, really, uh, you know, having no internal truth about themselves. And, you know, he says that they're like the long flowing cloaks and long flowing cloaks identify people as devout and and superior um, spiritually and, and noted scholars um, he says that they like the best seats in, in the synagogues um, and you know they like the greetings in the marketplace greetings in the marketplace going back to Jesus and the rich young ruler you'll remember that the rich young ruler fell at Jesus feet and said teacher and made a great display of it and uh, you know a scribe would love that they'd really you know boost, boost their ego um, and they loved all that stuff and they liked the best seats in the synagogues and uh, in the synagogues, synagogues of old, most, most people had to sit on the floor. There were benches around the side and benches at the front and, and the seats of honour were, were the benches where you could sit up off the floor and the best seats were the ones at the front nearest to the scrolls, nearest to the law and so they, they loved the best seats in the synagogue um, and the, the, the places of honour at feasts uh, in Luke 14 Jesus, he dined at the, uh, a, Pharisaic, a Pharisaic leader's house um, and uh, you know, and he he made a comment about how he watched Jesus was always watching, uh, and he watched how these Pharisees you know sought the place of honor, um, and he said you know he made the comment that you know those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that are, are, are humble will be exalted, and used that as an example, um, and he, he says about um, uh, devouring devouring widows' houses, uh, and that was a, that was a kind of a a bit of a, a thing to investigate because scribes they they took on uh widows people that lost their uh, ladies that lost their husbands and and offered to manage their estates and, and plan their estates but what would what would usually happen is that uh they would they would get access to these funds of widows that we no kind of husbands to protect them uh and they would
0: manipulate
1: their way into being sponsors or sponsored or funded by these widows or um, getting their you know the money from them to the temple and totally manipulating that and and taking all their inheritance and all their livelihood away from them um which was you know totally corrupt and that's that's the comment jesus is making now and of course at the end he says pretentious long prayers uh and we talked last week when we was talking about grapes about how bitter grapes have have like these, these flowers there's like a great display but there's bitter of wine inside uh, and again here we go uh, you know pretentious long prayers uh, flaunting their piety among the people to gain gain renown and and jesus again made the comment in the sermon on the mount you know uh, people that make long big prayers you know it's better to go into a room shut the door and seek the lord in the secret place and he will reward you openly for that um, and you know that's again a comment on on these these religious leaders that were in it for themselves. They were in it for the money, you know, and uh, and what they could get and the social standing, um, which you, you know is is completely corrupt and com- completely against what um, what uh, Jesus was about and what the kingdom of God, the true kingdom of God, was about. So he you know he made that that uh, comment against the scribes there. So onward to uh, the last bit of of Mark 12, where he talks about uh, the humble widow's offering. So from verse 41, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people. Again, Jesus observing, watching. He observed the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and he said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her po- poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Two small copper coins, which make a penny. Now, in the Greek, that, that these coins called uh, lepta. They make a, two of them make a, a chondratis, I think. Um, and a condratus was uh, as a was a Roman copper coin, which was, which was, and I've, I've gone into this, you know, meticulously. It, it was worth 1.56% of a denarius, and uh, you remember the denarius from Jesus saying, "Give to Caesar what is Caesar's." So you know, of a day, it was at 1.56% of a of a day's wages, and you know, the equivalent today uh, on minimum wage, I sat there and like a nerd and calculated this all out, you know. Um, uh, uh, using the you know the the, the uh, minimum wage, and you know it'd be like eighty one pence that this this lady could afford, and that was all she had to live on, to, to put into the uh, put into um, the the uh, the offering, uh, and in the temple these offering uh, receptacles were like big trumpets, uh, and when you put the coins in there was like a, a ding ding sound, and the more coins you put in, the more ding, and the more people could see what you were putting in um and and you know she just went and, and gave of her best of, of everything you know that she she had um and you know that that jesus saw that you know and he said you know this is this is not out of her abundance this is about this is out of her poverty and you know that's that's a challenge to me um to, in tithing actually you know i believe in the tithe i believe you know the uh, in the the New Testament, a uh, practice of share, the believers sharing all they had, and the way that we can do that is to give out of our of our abundance. Um, but it's, it's a challenge, you know, it's a challenge. Um, but next to this woman, you know, it's no challenge at all. I, I was challenged by her, by her sacrificial giver giving. You know, it's, it's, I think I struggled to tithe, but next to her, you know, there's no financial problem at all you know that the issue is trust isn't it it's faith in God with your finances you know and and it's all God's but he you know he he lets us enjoy it and to give you know 10% or or whatever you give back to the Lord shouldn't be an issue next to this lady who, who for all time stood in scripture as a witness to to you know giving her everything to God um you know, and uh, it challenged me. I'm challenged <laughs> uh, with with my tithing, with with my finances, which are, you know, not always greatly managed. And, uh, you know, Scripture's about life, isn't it? It's about all of life. Um, it's it's about, you know, our, our, our provision, our livelihood, you know, how we manage our finances. And, yeah, definitely challenged from the widow's offering. Um, you know, and he, he, he said it to his disciples, you know, that, uh, you know, how, this is an example of how, you know, of how you should trust the Lord. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm always reminded uh, of that song we used to sing in primary school, the Lord of the Dance, who Michael Flatley took to, to amazing levels. But the, the song we used to sing, I used to love singing in school. I, 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 um, I spoke to the scribe and the Pharisee, but they would not dance and they would not follow me. So I spoke to the fishermen, to James and John, and they came with me and the dance went on. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just, you know, a child's song that uh, speaks from this scripture. He tried to, you know, he spoke to our Pharisee who was near to the kingdom of God. Um, but, you know, the Pharisees and scribes as a whole did not follow the Lord of the dance. Um, but the, the fishermen, the, the humble ones, uh, the widows, you know, the poor, they heard and they, they followed God. And what, what, what an example to us, um, you know, that we, we see in scripture. So that's the end of Mark twelve, uh, and at the moment, you know, th- this is the end of, of of word up for the summer. We're going to take August off, as uh, um, as I said at the beginning. Uh, and you know, I want to really encourage you. This this broadcast word up is has come out of passion for for the word and doing this for my own self. You know, uh, it's been a an amazing time of, of of teaching, of of showing me what the kingdom of God is all about, and what Scripture is all about, and what God requires. You know, we've learned tonight that the, the, the greatest commandment is love, um, and we, we you know we're to trust God. And this, and for all these studies we've been doing, you know, the, the kingdom of God has uh, has worldview, has uh, um, ways to behave, has conduct that we are to follow as Christians. And this brought things out that, you know, I maybe I knew and I'd heard, but digging into the scriptures to do these studies has just been, you know, it enhances how much more it teaches as, as the Holy Spirit promises to do. The Holy Spirit promised to teach. And by digging in the scriptures, you, you fill yourself with the teaching of God and the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind and, and can bring it up in your heart. But he can't bring it up in your heart if you don't get it in. So over the summer, you know, it's a challenge for you. Go back through, you know, the recordings of Mark. Go back through the, the teachings on Peter that we, we started last year, because Mark was a, a, a under Peter; he was a student of Peter, and there's so much in parallel. And then Matthew elaborates a lot of what's in Mark, and there's so much you can you can draw from the Scripture. You know, over the summer, make it your daily, you know, your daily discipline to dig in. There's so many great commentaries out there. I've been digging into Bishop J.C. Ryle, who was a Victorian. Uh, church of england um, preacher who who's got many commentaries out there go to blueletterbible.com and use the resources there and and have a good look um, at all the commentaries that you can look at and uh, you know dig in dig in and 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 have a look at what we've been looking at and then and let let the holy spirit teach you through it and and enhance your lives through it and uh you know Grow, grow as you're meant to do. You know the milk and the meat of the word is what it, what uh, it, the challenge is. You know to grow as a Christian. Don't stay where you are. You know in a month, think what you could do in a month. Think what you could do in a week or a day. You know get in there and uh, and study and uh, eat the word, eat the word uh, and grow. So thank you, everyone. Uh, have a great summer, uh, and you know we'll see you at the other end in, in September. And uh, we'll, we'll crack on with, with more of Mark and then wherever, wherever the Lord wants to take it next. So God bless you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon, if not at church, you know, out and about. Amen.